Well, welcome to this edition of Rail Group On Air, the podcast series brought to you by Railway Age, Railway Track and Structures, and International Railway Journal. This is William C. Vantuono. I'm Editor-in-Chief of Railway Age. This is part two of our two-part series on uh, railroad safety and technology, talking about uh, positive train control uh, in, our, in part one with uh, Steve Dittmeyer, who has been a career railroader since 1960 and uh, deeply immersed in technology uh, throughout his career. Uh, we welcome Steve back to talk about a subject that is near and dear to his heart, and that is ITS, Intelligent Transportation Systems. Uh, Steve, welcome back. Why don't we start with, in a nutshell, what is ITS? And it's more than railroads, correct? Intelligent transportation systems are primarily highways, roadways, transit systems. In the mid-1990s, Norm Mineta was chairman of the House Transportation Committee. He was involved with drafting the ICE-T Act, the Intermodal Surface Transportation Act. And in it, it called on DOT to establish an intelligent transportation systems program and a joint program office to manage it. That came into being in the late 1990s. It, again, consisted primarily of people from the Federal Highway Administration, uh, the uh, Federal Transit Administration, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I was invited as director of R&D to join their strategic planning group. And it occurred to me that many of the same technologies in ITS were ones that we were talking about using for positive train control at that time. This is before the mandate was issued. In talking with the ITS program people, we came to the conclusion that PTC would bring technologies that would mesh up with the ITS technologies and prevent major grade crossing accidents. What's interesting is grade crossings, though, for railroads represent one of the largest, if not the largest, category of fatalities and injuries. For highways, they are just a small percentage. So therefore, in the two agencies for the Federal Railroad Administration, dealing with grade crossings is a very important topic. In the Federal Highway Administration, it's smaller. We had a real interest of working and getting the ITS program to mesh with positive train control. We came up with the term intelligent grade crossings. What an intelligent grade crossing would do for highway people would inform them that a train was coming and when it would arrive. It would inform the railroad if either the grade crossing was clear or if there was an obstruction on the grade crossing, and it would notify them soon enough so that the train could stop before colliding with that. How to communicate with cars. There were several ways developed, uh, digital wayside signs that flash lights. The ITS program set up a program called Dedicated Roadside Communications, DSRC, with radios at key locations along the highway. It would interrupt radio broadcasts and in an automobile inform drivers of construction ahead or of a grade crossing with a train arriving things like that. In Europe, most of the car radios now, even if they're turned off, these dedicated roadside communications turn on the radio so that the emergency or the key information for safe driving is communicated to the car. 
With trains, of course, they have now their digital radio communications as part of the PTC system. The ITS Joint Program Office at DOT, along with the Federal Highway Administration, the Federal Railroad Administration, and the Association of American Railroads sat down around the year 2000 to write up specifications for how these intelligent grade crossings would work. With ITS, there are highway control centers. And of course, in the railroad, we have train control centers. Those are the two places where the communications cross over between the two modes. But again, detailed specifications were written and published and were uh, even sent to Congress and so on. Unfortunately, there was a change of administration. On one hand, it sounded like a great thing when Norm Mineta was going to be made Secretary of Transportation, you know, sort of bring all of these things together because he was the visionary for ITS. But Norm Mineta, between his retirement from Congress and being appointed Secretary of Transportation, worked for Lockheed Martin, and they had a contract to support the ITS Joint Program Office. They had a program to support next-gen air traffic control, and they had a program to support positive train control. Whereupon the general counsel made a ruling that Normanetta could not deal with any of those systems. And in fact, his deputy he brought with him from Lockheed Martin had to recuse himself from any of these similar technologies for aviation, highways, and railroads. With that, the intelligent grade crossing system didn't fall out of favor. It no longer was in the frontal lobes of the management in these agencies. So we have no progress on intelligent grade crossings. And yet it's so very important because we still have fatal accidents. Because it's so important for FRA, I would like to see FRA take the lead on this. They should be able to get highway administration to, to go along because highway administration recognizes also that grade crossings are an, an issue for motorists and, and trucks and so on. And people get killed, just not as many as in other highway accidents. I think the time has come to revisit intelligent grade crossings. Well, there is a, an effort underway at the FRA. It's not called intelligent grade crossings, as far as I know. I saw a presentation on it at the recent Commuter Rail Coalition Summit in Chicago. It was given by the FRA RD&T, Research, Development, and Test, and it essentially outlined what you're talking about here. It's not just for protected crossings with gates, lights, and bells, but it's also for non-protected crossings with just crossbucks. Absolutely. They have to be addressed as well. And what was presented was that the automobile manufacturers would include such a device as standard equipment. You know, we have seatbelts for many, many years as standard equipment. Most cars today now have anti-lock brakes. We see other safety devices such as a blind spot warning, you know, in your side view mirrors. There's even devices that can sense if you're getting too close to the vehicle in front of you. So it would seem to me that adding another piece of technology that provided it's there at every grade crossing, it shouldn't be that difficult to do. I'm pleased to hear that they're working on this. I'm not sure that a new device is needed. Commercial radios in automobiles are available in Europe, I think, on all new automobiles and by commercial radio manufacturers that interact with the digital roadside communication system. When these things were written, the Association of American Railroads was concerned. 
it did not want to be the organization that communicated with automobiles and trucks. They wanted the information to go via control centers, the railroad control center notifying the highway control center, the dedicated roadside communication to the vehicle. They wanted to avoid the liability for railroads notifying at a particular crossing a particular car. So like I say, this architecture was well thought out institutionally. AAR's influence was key. No one objected who worked on these specifications for intelligent grade crossings because that was needed to get railroad industry support. The term in the ITS program is Highway Rail Intersections User Service 110. It's a published document for Congress. You send it to me and I will embed the document in the story that goes along with this podcast and click a button and you download it and there it is. There are a lot of other issues that would have to be dealt with uh, for something like this to come to fruition. You talked about liability. That's a big concern uh, of the railroads, understandably so. And I'm sure there's, uh, as anything that happens in government, there's uh, politics come into play. One thing I can tell you in the past, various states had concepts for dealing with grade crossings, different ways of having locomotives talk to cars and so on. But one thing that we came to realize at the ITS Joint Program Office, that we couldn't have different intelligent grade crossings in different states. It had to be uniform so that an automobile from Minnesota could drive into Wisconsin and Illinois and have it interact properly with an intelligent grade crossing system. And you don't want different railroads pursuing different systems. All the railroads, all the motor vehicles, and all of the states have to be in total agreement on what gets implemented. Maybe that's the problem that's caused it to fall by the wayside, but it has to be done that way. Otherwise, it doesn't work across state lines. It doesn't work across railroad interchange points, etc. It doesn't seem like it would be a heavy lift, though. We have a cell phone network that's 100% interoperable. Uh, we, we have a, a PTC system that is interoperable. And I'm not saying it's easy, okay, but these interoperable systems are in place. That's correct. I would agree with you totally. Would you call yourself a, a technologist? On one hand, yes, I call myself a technologist. The other side, I call myself an economist. I have degrees in both. I have worked both sides of the street, as they say. Your contributions to this industry have been invaluable, and uh, we, we thank you for them. Uh, the industry thanks you for them, and uh, we're glad that, uh, that you're still uh, active and, and staying involved in all facets. Uh, this has been a great discussion. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. Thank you, Bill. And those were some excellent questions that were important in my view. Well, thank you. I guess I'm earning my keep <laughs> as an editor. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Stephen. Have a safe day. 